CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. Yeah, it's bonus time on the Ben Jarofsky show. And uh, as we do every time on bonus time on the Ben Jarofsky show, I don't mess around introducing our guests. I put our guests to work and make our guests introduce themselves. So guest, introduce (laughs) yourself. I'm Dan Weissman. I'm the host and executive producer of An Arm and a Leg. It's a podcast about the cost of healthcare. Yes, indeed. An arm and a leg. And boy, healthcare is on my mind these days. You feeling all right, Ben? Uh, What's that? You feeling all right? Well, not really. When I think about healthcare, I feel terrible. Uh, I think I'm okay. Hold on. Let me have a drink of water. This is delicious sometimes water. I feel better already. Uh, All right. Arm and a leg. Now, I was just having a conversation with Jason Grotto for another bonus segment, and he's the ace reporter for ProPublica. We were talking about property taxes. And I explained, I I got my obsession with property taxes uh, when I got a huge spike in my property tax, okay? So what got you interested in healthcare? Did, was it a similar thing where you had some kind of uh, issue that may put you face to face with the monstrosity of healthcare in our country in the 21st century? Uh, was it, or was yeah, it like something? when did you realize you were living in a nightmare? Um, <laughs> this is like your American nightmare. Yeah. I mean, I think there's two, there's two things that I can, that, where I'm like, oh, I've been thinking about it since this happened. Mm-hmm. And one of them is I was on the, I was, I was on the radio uh, with Vocalo um, a bunch of years ago. And this is more than 10 years ago. We did a segment. I interviewed this woman. We just got her on the phone and we stayed on the phone for an hour as she told the story of her dad's death. And her dad had been in a nursing home or a long-term care facility. And he kept getting so neglected that he would like dehydrate. Like he did, like the care was so like the, it wasn't, it wasn't like he wasn't getting decent medical attention. It wasn't like he was being denied, you know, surgery. Like he was just being left alone. Like he didn't, he, he was out of it to a degree and needed someone to check in on him and make sure he was, you know, eating and drinking and nobody did. And like multiple times over the course of the last year, of this woman's dad's life, she would get a call like your dad's in the emergency room and she would go and, and find out it, it was the same story, like complete neglect. And, you know, he was waiting for some next level of Medicare benefits to kick in. I don't quite remember the details, but there was, or for a spot to open up at a place that accepted his benefits. I mean, she was weeping by the time we just, we just, I mean, I just stood there listening, you know, and yeah, that was a big deal. I mean, I was like, can I swear? Oh yeah. It's a podcast. You can do whatever you want. (laughs) It's like, holy fuck. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, This is horrible. Yeah. You know, this is horrible. And 
And so that, I mean, that's for some, I remember like as a reporter, like in my job or like thinking, just being confronted with like, this is horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see stories all the time. I mean, I'm sure at least that far back of like, I mean, you know, that like people get hit with bills they can't afford. It's a horrible thing. But like that was the first time I listened to somebody's story in great detail. I was like that, you know, but I was also like, let me chase down more of that. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, just as a reporter, you want to know where the pain is in a weird way in, in our society. And I was like, that's fucked up. Like, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. And that's, and that's under witnessed. Like I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, let's go, let's find out more about that. That's a story, you know, we should, do more of that. Well, you yourself, have you always been sheltered from these realities? Have you always been uh, I mean, on a y- private plan that well, more or less took care of you? I mean, well, more or less. I mean, but I remember when I graduated college, you know, I didn't have much of a job. And my parents were like, we well, got to go buy yourself some health insurance. I was like, why? And they were like, because we would lose our house if something fucked up happened to you. you yeah. know? And I was like, that's a good reason. Okay, I'll go shell out for that. You know, so that was, I mean, that was the first time I was like, hmm, okay, I'm seeing what you're picking up what you're putting down there that's yeah. a that's a big deal and then because before then you were on your parents plan I my parents plan like through college or maybe there was like a student plan and then you know i was trying to figure myself out and <laughs> didn't have an employer looking out for me that way and i i did that you know for a few years and then i you know got myself hired on someplace you know where they took care of me and had health insurance and it was always weird right there was always like i mean it's all it's just part of growing up like becoming i mean i don't know i feel like i became an adult really slowly probably still a work in progress but like, <laughs> I, as I, we speak he's getting more mature yeah well every i mean i you know you hope but like i remember you know the first plan was like an hmo plan i was like oh they don't pay a lot go to the dock now go to the dock and i'd be like this really bothers me and he would just look at me like why are you bothering me with this you know or like or like yeah it sucks sorry i was like this sucks, you know, like this isn't so good. So definitely was thinking about the business end of healthcare, but I was, you know, young and kind of immortal at the time. Why was the doctor responding the way he did in an HMO? Well, I don't know that it was because it was an HMO. I think it was just who he was. I mean, in, in retrospect, yeah. like, I think that was my, that was, you know, I had a sample of one. I was like, Oh, I got this HMO. Here's my new doctor. The doctors in this HMO don't give a shit. You know, yeah. <laughs> just like, well, I don't know. I yeah. guess, I guess I'm just a number to this guy. Um, but I, I, in retrospect, I think it's just who he was. Awkward guy, like didn't have a lot going on. Um, but then the other piece of it was by the time I left the job at Vocalo, I mean, things were getting real. Like I had a kid. And I'm just trying to remember when it was. And I was married. And there was some point, like I left having a regular job as like an all the time thing you know, a bunch of years ago. And then it was like, sometimes I'll have this job and they'll give me health insurance. Sometimes I'm like on my own and buying it or whatever. But I got married. And at some point it became like, oh, well, one of us has to be the one with this thing. With the insurance. With the insurance. One of us has to have a regular job with insurance. Like that's got to happen. And, you know, I was like born with a little heart defect that knock wood, you know, I'm fine. But I get checked up on once a year. That guy built that in. You know, you, you accrue dings as you grow up. I got scoliosis. Got to figure out some physical therapy for that. So, you know, you'll want to be, but that, that my parents' instructions of like, you could lose your house. Like we could lose our house. Like you don't have a house, but like, you know, <laughs> they come after us. Yeah. You know, that, that <laughs> stuck. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, like you just hear all the nightmares. You're like, well, I got to get, I got to be protected from that. But so, yeah, by the time, by the time I left that job at Vocalo, that was like, my wife and I have just had a deal ever since. And like one of us, you know, has to have a job and neither of us, she was a professor. Um, but then her job, like, you know, she wanted, she was, she was going to leave that job. Yeah. And I was like, well, okay, I got to get, I got to make sure my, I got to get into a job with health yeah. insurance. So every job I took for the last, you know, bunch of years, the first consideration was like, well, we got to get in a situation. There's like two considerations. And one is like, we're going to live. We were, when we, we committed, when we were having a kid. We were like, we're, we're going to live in Chicago near my mom. Cause like she's getting up there. Like we don't want to miss out. Yeah. And that was a big decision. Cause you know, divorce professor for all the work, you know, reporter, you might think like, I should follow wherever the heck a job is because yeah. they're, not, they're not making that many jobs. Yeah. But that was a big decision. But we were like, so we got to be, and what we were a tall order. Like we got to be in Chicago. We're in these weird fields. And one of us has to have a regular job with health insurance. So are you the one with the regular job in health insurance? Well, I was until a couple of years ago. So you're now the health insurance provider. I was until a couple of years ago. So I was at last, so the last was my, my wife left her job as professor like, 2012, 2011, uh -huh. 2012. And I'd always been the guy with a job, worked at Columbia College, worked for Marketplace, worked for WBEZ. And then, you know, a couple of years ago, like I was in that job, WBEZ, and it was pretty clear for me. I was like, I don't think I, I can't really stay in this job forever. It just wasn't a good fit. This wasn't, wasn't the right place for me. It wasn't a place I could stay. Yeah. And, you know, eventually I was like, and my wife's work was picking up and we were like, you know what? We're going to leave and leave the job, can pay them for health insurance, you know, through this COBRA deal where you can pay your old job for their health insurance, mm -hmm. for like 18 months, maybe go on Obamacare. Um, and I was like, that'll be enough time for me to find another career. You know, <laughs> I was like, well, by the end of 18 months, like we'll be okay and I'll find something else to do. And I gave myself a few months just to kind of get my head around the idea. And so I, I was on a time I was like, all right, but, but the whole idea of needing a new career, because there's plenty of work. Like what I do, like audio journalism now, mm. there's work. Like you can get work. There's a zillion people making podcasts. And I, you know, I'd worked places. I, I knew I could get that work. But I was like, but where's the health insurance going to come from? Where's the growth going to come from? I was yeah. like, you know, making somebody else's podcast from Chicago. I'm not going to take over the world doing that. So I was like, all right, need a new career. And But I really didn't want to because I really, I mean... I like being a reporter. Yeah. I like doing this kind of work. And uh, and I had been pitching at, when I worked at Marketplace, worked at WBZ, I mean, kind of based on that story, kind of based on my own story that like it was our family's number one priority in choosing a job. Like, where's the health insurance coming from? And just knowing people, like if you're on Facebook, you know, it, you're, you're just counting how many weeks or months it is between the GoFundMe campaigns, yeah. right? You know, I was getting, I was, I was at the dentist and he found this tumor in my jaw and my insurance says it's a dental issue and they don't cover dental issues, but it's cancer, you know, go find me. Or like I fell down and had a seizure and the doctors don't know what the hell's wrong with me. You know, like that's, that's, a, I mean, it depends on who you are, what circle you're in, how many times a year you see that. That's everybody. Yeah. We all see this. We're all, I mean, super vulnerable. So I was like, and so I had thought maybe I would get another career, but like as, as my, as the, like I was going to start looking for the new career, January 1st, 2018. Mm -hmm. And in December, and I was, I was psyching myself out. I was like, you know, 
maybe I've had my bit as a reporter and maybe there's nothing I really need to do. But I, I found myself thinking like this, this is a big deal. And it's not, we don't have this conversation enough. Like we get a lot of horror stories. We get a lot of individual hits. Like NPR now has this bill of the month series where it's like, hey, you hear the one about the guy with the $100,000 bill for surgery after insurance? You hear about the woman whose cat bit her and the rabies shot they gave her was $50,000? Like, like, they've made it a, a monthly thing, but yeah. like these stories are an all the time yeah. thing. And, you know, healthcare as a policy issue or as a political issue gets covered a lot, right? Yeah. It's like, well, how's that, how's that going to play for the Democrats if, the, if, they, if, they, if, if Trump's White House gets Obamacare overturned in court? Like that, you know, is out there. Yeah. But, all, but it's so complicated. Like the reality of like, I went to the doctor and the doctor was like, hey, we should get your vitamin D checked. I'm like, all right, great. I'll get my vitamin D checked. And, you know, get a call a week later. The doctor's like, vitamin D is okay. I'm like, great, doc, thanks. And then, like, a week after that, there's a bill for $500. <laughs> yeah, man. I know what you're talking I'm about. Like, what, and, like, you know, I, I, and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm like, that really sucks. Like, that's real money, <laughs> yeah. you know, but it's not the, but it's, you know, I'm lucky, you know, like $500 is real money and I'm going to miss it and I have to figure it out where it comes from. But it's not like, oh crap, now I can't make rent. Yeah, it's not but GoFundMe. It's not, it's not GoFundMe. GoFundMe. Yeah. Right, well, and it's like, I mean, you've done these stories, right? Jason Grotto's done these stories of, you know, Chicago impounds a lot of vehicles because yeah. they give out a ticket. And now, like, they're like, we put a boot on your car. Yeah. You got 500 bucks? And there's lots of people for whom 500 bucks is a total make or break. Yeah. Like, it's not even just like, I'm sending you a bill for 500 bucks for vitamin D test. It's like, look, you pay me this 500 bucks right now I'm taking your car and you can't get to work. And there are a lot of people, you may know the number. Yeah. I don't know it, but it's a depressing number of people in our city where it's like, they can't make it. They can't get that together. So, you know, that anybody's exposed to like a random 500 bucks and there's a significant number of us for him like, that's, that's it. That's it. I'm done. Like, I can't pay that, you know? And I, and cause I'm saving up to get my car out of Hawk with the city of Chicago before they sell it to a junk dealer yeah. for a hundred bucks. Yeah. So, you know, the, like this is uh, like, it's a huge deal. We're all of us vulnerable. This, the horror stories show us that like this could happen to any of us. And yeah, like you get the bill for the 500 blood test and you're like, where does that even come from? Like, where do we even start investing? Yeah. Who do I even call? Like it's, it's, I mean, it just completely blows. And so I was like, I think this is a, you know, this is, I want to know more. Yeah. This is a big deal. This is, and the reason I'm looking for another career is because health insurance, that's, that's it. Like if I could get, if I could, if I could get health insurance, I can't get health insurance unless I get another career and that sucks for me. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna give myself a week and talk to some people about the idea that like, maybe I'll make a show. You can make a show. Anybody can make a show about the cost of healthcare. What's that going to be about? And two things happened, like just in the first week or so of talking to people, I just gave myself a week. And one was like, everybody had a story, no matter what their job was. I wasn't going around looking for stories at that point. Mm -hmm. I was just going around and be like, hey, this is a crazy idea. And like, you know, a friend of mine who's like a state worker and like a savvy media person had was like, well, yeah, I just survived breast cancer this last year. And like, guess what? Like I have great insurance. I'm a state employee. And like at the end of the year, my insurance was like, hey, here's a bunch of bills. We thought you'd hit your deductible, but you didn't. Mm -hmm. Ha! 
Enjoy. <laughs> and the oh, and that wig that you got when your hair fell out? Yeah. No, we're not we're not we're not paying that. Yeah. No, you can fight us on that if you want to. Yeah. You know, I was like, really? And she was like, yeah, you know, and like I'm lucky because like you know I'm not, I'm I'm going through this in a cohort, you know, with other women my age who are fighting the same fight I am, and they are doing GoFundMe's to fund their chemotherapy, mm. and I'm not. I'm like, right. You know, I didn't call my friend looking for that story. I called to say like, hey, you know this media game, like what? You, and she was like, and her she had a question, she had a good question about the media side of it, which was like, who's going to listen to a bunch of depressing stories? Who's going to come back every week for that? I was like, okay, that's good. That's a good question. But then every, you know, my friend Peter, who's a lawyer, he's not, he's mostly a real estate developer now, but he's, you know, has a good job. And I'm, I'm just having lunch with him. And I'm like, I'm thinking of doing this. He's like, oh yeah, the insurance at my place, you know, it's bad. It gets worse every year. Our deductible is $13,000 this year. He said, like, did I tell you when I had the kidney stone? I was like, no, tell me when you had the kidney stone. <laughs> He's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm determined not to go to the doctor. His gonna... deductible is 13000 For his family. It's not, it's like not unheard of. Like the number of people with $10,000 deductibles is higher than I would have imagined. Our family deductible when I worked at WBEZ was, I believe, $10,000. Dang. Yeah, right? That is insane. It is. Well, this is like these days, like, you know, I'm making the rounds. I'm talking to other people with other shows. And I'm I'm working to get on shows with people who do personal finance. Uh, like, We're straighten out your money life. And I, I'm always like, I got questions for you. How are you, like, you're selling the line of like, you get your finances together, become financially independent, retire. And I'm like, how are you accounting for healthcare? Like you don't know what the premium is going to be for any policy that's available to you, whether it's through a workplace or the Obamacare, you don't know if you rely on any particular doctors, like if you're going to have access to them, you don't know what the deductible is going to be. And like, God forbid you like, you know, tear your ACL playing basketball. $10,000 happens fast. And that's apparently all on you. Yeah. So uh, what's your plan? Do you, do you keep $10,000 just socked away in a drawer for that? You know, what are you doing? I mean, this seems like it's, and you know, when I started doing, so I, I got the message. I was like, this is it. Like, this is all of us. The, uh, within a couple of weeks of me looking at doing this, Warren Buffett and Jeff Bezos and uh, Jamie Dimon, who runs Chase, announced like, you know what? We're going to put a bunch of money together and we're going to uh, make some new deal to get health care for our employees because we can't yeah. absorb. They were like, I mean, the richest guys around or in the biggest companies who are not really all looking in the same direction about very many things, actually, in terms of how they make their money. We're all looking at like, well, this cost is, you know, because they were looking at like, we all have, we have a lot of workers and we're going to, and, you know we're we're on the hook for health insurance for them basically and because it one way or the other it's that that cost is unacceptable you know the unknowns are unacceptable to mm -hmm. them because it's like well okay like maybe we give people crappy health insurance and then like we got more churn in our workforce or people get sick and they never come back to work yeah you know it it just happened i mean i'm getting a little emotional but like we are all pretty fucking vulnerable so I just got convinced in that first week. I was like, well, this is a thing. 
you know, and there isn't a conversation about it. How long has this been? How long have you been doing it? So that was a year and a half ago. That was beginning of 2018. I was and where like, do you get your health insurance? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a super good question. Right. Well, so, so I left WBEZ uh, in the middle of 2017. And the way we worked it, the way I left it, like the Cobra was going to run into 2019. Yeah. And so I was like, we were like, well, okay, we'll go on Obamacare. And as I was gearing up, by that by by the fall of 2018, I was gearing up to do the show. I'd like talk myself into it. I was doing all kinds of things, and uh, and I went on the Obamacare. Which I was like, well, okay, you know, because they got, they can't nick you for a pre-existing condition. They can't turn you away. Yeah. And there's an out-of-pocket maximum, and you can choose your own deductible. We'll figure it out. I can do the math. But then I was like, oh wait, you know. Like there's a specific heart doc I see who sees grownups who were born with heart defects. There's not very many people like that in Chicago. I see this one. She's not on any of those Obamacare plans. And I was like, well, huh, well, what does it cost? Like, you know, I see her once a year. I see her and I have two tests. Like, well, what's, what's the tab on that? And you know, we should look at that. The tab on that was like in the thousands of dollars just for that. Just for like these two tests, one doc visit, thousands of dollars, like closer to 10 than to five. And I was like, whoa. And I was like, all right, well, uh, there's not a pocket limit on this Obamacare thing. Cause like, God forbid we, somebody actually gets sick. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, all right, well, there's an out of pocket limit on that. Right. And I, I start reading the fine print and they're like, well, there's not a pocket <laughs> limit if you're <laughs> to what, to what things can cost you when you're seeing in network providers, you're seeing your doc. No, there's no limit. Uh, you're on your own, baby. Yeah. Like that's your, you know, anything can happen. Yeah. I was like, crap. So we, we had started working plan B, which is my wife and you know, she has her own business. And so at the begin by the beginning of 2018, cause we kind of knew we'd be on our own starting 2019. She changed the way she was staffing and she, there's someone who does, who was working with her as a freelancer and as a consultant. She was like, let's make this a regular thing. And they became an employee. Yeah. So then we went knocking on the door at Blue Cross to be considered as a group, like her business, at, to qualify for group health insurance. And we were like, you want to take a look at us? And they were like, and we, you know, we, when the podcast started, mm-hmm. we did not know if they were going to take us. The, and, but they have taken you subsequently. The final, the end of, not to give too big a spoiler, but at the, uh, at the end of the last episode of our first season is when we opened the envelope and we're like, all right. And uh, we're okay. They took us. We're not like terrified. How many like, people are on the plan? Uh, it's a trade secret. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to torture me. Yeah. <laughs> have you Have you been watching Stranger Things? Uh, I haven't seen season three yet. Okay, I've been asking everybody Stranger Things, but there's a scene last night I saw in episode six where they extract information through torture. So I was just having this vision nice. of what I'm going to have to do to get Weissman to tell me what, uh, how many people are. Yeah, right, it's not that important. I'll move away from that. Yeah. Now, here's here's the question I have for you. And this is the question I've been asking so many people. I've been thinking about this. You know, Dan, it's like things hit me at different stages stages and most people i go on my own pace in life and i like all of a sudden realized our healthcare system is really twisted weird and and when things hit me i'm a little slower than most people but when they hit me they really hit me i I hear yeah when like the tiff thing yeah tiff thing hit me i'm not sure it hit you slower than most people actually no 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 property tax i I just talked about with jason it took a long time and uh, but healthcare has really hit me we have an insane system yeah 
I think people in America, if you're listening to this show, and a few of you are, you have dedicated to your system that's utterly insane. Furthermore, I will go one step beyond that. You have now convinced yourself somehow or other that you like what you have. Because I watch the Democratic debates. I don't know if you do, Dan. And then I read the response to the Democratic debates. And I'm reading the response of moderates and right people on the right and centrists who are saying to the Democrats, you cannot possibly win this election if you tell Americans that you're going to take away their private plans because Americans like their private plans. Dan, this is utter insanity. <laughs> Nobody likes their private plan. You know this more than anybody because you do a show about insurance. You cannot tell me one person in America, even Warren Buffett doesn't like his private <laughs> Warren Buffett's plan. looking for alternatives, right, yeah. So please yeah. explain to me why we have dedicated ourselves to utter lunacy. I think, yeah, it's a super good question, right? Because this, this, uh, <laughs> great question. But the, because it is, I mean, no, everybody, it, if there's one thing that unites us all, we all think our health system sucks yes. for the most part. Um, the financial side of it drives us nuts. But I think, uh, this is how I've, this is how I've come to think of it. Go ahead. There are certainly a bunch, anybody who's involved in it for a living, like running anything, uh, you know, a, a, a hospital or a hospital system or a pharma company or an insurance company or any of the bazillion ancillary like medical equipment, whatever, they've all like been working as hard as they can, right? At their jobs. And they see themselves as having something to lose, right? Change things you can shake things up. I could be the loser here because everybody knows there's way more money in this than is justified by the healthcare that we are receiving as a people mm -hmm. so every you know one of the things one of the drivers right it's one of the things that drives the drive for like we got to fix this because it's ridiculously expensive and doesn't work very well well if you happen to be anyone who's making a living from that and that's a lot of people because it's a fifth of the economy it's a lot of companies you're gonna be like watch well, that could be me you know i could be on the losing end of that and you're gonna start making a case you're going to start making the case. You're going to be like, well, uh, you know, if you don't allow us big pharma companies to do all the things that we do, we can't cure all the diseases and then you'll all stay sick and die. Right. You, if you're a hospital, you're like, well, then we can't cure it. You're like, whatever. Right. And you may, uh, and part of you, certainly there are people who work there, honestly believe, and unless you're like a medical collections agency, in which case you're like, I don't know how you sleep at night, but whatever. Like you, you believe you're, you're going to play up the upside of what you do. And say, like, oh, we're not going to be able to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. That's going to be hard for us. Yeah. Well, and you're also going to make a case to the people, right? As well as the, you're going to, there's a pot, there's a case. You've, you've spent lots of, if you're a player, you've spent lots of effort and capital making sure that you have a voice in places like D.C. and the State House. Mm -hmm. That when you make your case, well, the politicians are going to listen to you. They're going to hear you out. And you've dedicated like a PR, you've, you've got a PR team, you've got advertisers, you've got all kinds of communication stuff. And you want the, you want the world to know, you want people to know they got something to lose. Oh, you know, this family, we did great by them. They could, this could go away. Whatever you think you might have access to could go away. Essentially, 
the rest of us are always encouraged to imagine something worse. So I talked with a woman last night. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Who hates her health insurance plan. Yeah. She was like, she's like, yeah, they switched us to a plan called Your Choice. Yeah. And I was like, I immediately, I was like, oh, that's rich. Like, Your Choice. Yeah. And she said, you know, her, her kid had a health problem. And the, the place that could really deal with it was the local, was a children's hospital. And the children's hospital had people who really knew this stuff. But that was... Uh, under the Your Choice plan, that was a tier three that was deemed not efficient. So she went to that place. That was going to cost her $1,500. If she went to the tier one hospital that was efficient and cheap by the health insurance company's standards, mm -hmm. she would pay $100 or nothing for a kid's treatment. Now, as it happens, like the treatment by the tier one hospital was way more invasive. It was like surgical. There'd be like overnight hospital stays, long recovery times. Outcome's not so good, right? The children's hospital is actually potentially like a less invasive, less expensive thing to do, but for her it would be more expensive. And she was like, we sucked it up and did it. You know, because that's insane. Like, because we could. It was not comfortable. It was not easy. We found the $1,500 to do it. And, you know, the insurance company's sitting there just like, your choice. You can choose what you want to do. Like, that's, it's not just that it's expensive. It's offensive, Right. It's like there's a there's a feeling there's an affront to us when we get hit with choices like this yeah. of like you're just twisting the knife. You're just like you're you're screwing me in a way you don't need to. Or this is, you know, and I don't have any recourse. I don't have any. You have all the power. I don't have any power. Yeah. There's a part of this. It's not just about like, you know, for people who are like, I could, you know, I could spend that fifteen hundred dollars and I will. But like it feels shitty, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm knuckling under I'm submitting and that sucks. Like that's, there's a, just a personal cost. She hates this health insurance. And yet, you know, I was like, yeah, but what if somebody was like, okay, we're going to do this, but uh, you could get told like, yeah, no one's going to ever go to the children's hospital anymore. Right. Only, only the tier one hospital is going to be on the public plan that you're eligible for. Then how are you feeling? Do you want to keep your your choice plan that you, where you have the vision? <laughs> but, but then, but yeah. then it starts to look better, right? Yeah. Then it's like, then it starts to look like, oh, so I could be on my public plan and only go to the crummy hospital, yeah. or the children's hospital is all out of pocket for me and I can't afford it, or I stick with this your choice bullshit. You know, it starts to be a less that starts to be a less clear cut win for you know for, for for medicare for all if you if someone's there telling you that like well you got something to lose here because you could lose that right now you have expensive galling gallingly expensive access to this thing that really it's just not right wow you d may not realize this yeah. but at this point you are channeling our mutual friend mick dumpke hell yeah man <laughs> all right and mick dumpke and i'm mick <laughs> I'm going to do my best to paraphrase you accurately. Lord knows I don't want to paraphrase you inaccurately. Mick Dumke and I have been having this argument for about two weeks or maybe three weeks, ever since I woke up one day and realized we have dedicated ourselves to a system of healthcare that's utterly insane, okay? I believe actually the way we run government in Chicago is more sane than the way we do it. And I think we are insane in Chicago. We're slowly coming out of it, slowly. Right. You've lived your whole life 
Dan, you've lived in a city of Chicago that is run by insane people <laughs> while the great masses, hey, we're getting a good deal here. You know, I got my garbage picked up, okay? Which is not that much different than what you just described with healthcare. Yeah. Hey, I could give you a really uh, good plan that will uh, get you, you pay, you won't have to pay, but you won't be able to go to your little hospital here. Well, I'll yeah. take, the, I'll pay more for the Anyway, Mick Dumkey's argument is that you cannot tell people in our country that you are taking things from them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay? You cannot tell them that you're taking things from them. So the problem with the Medicare for All people, the problem with the Bernie Sanders people, uh, is that they're advocating some a system that would take something that people have. Now, the people, the thing that you're taking from them may be crummy, fraudulent, defective, wasteful, not helpful to them, but it's still something they own. So it's, it's the, something it's, they it's, have. It's, it's something we know we and know. that we have. Okay, yeah. so yeah. they won't, they, that's, Mick Dumkey says, he lectures me on this. Among the many <laughs> things he lectures me on, people don't realize about him. He's always telling me what to do. He's a professor. Yeah, he's <laughs> at heart. the professor and Marianne. Anyway, he says that you can't, and he's almost has me convinced that he's correct. I think actually there are days when I go, you know, he's really right. You seem to embrace that. You seem to be saying that we will be stuck with this broken, dysfunctional system forever because the there are forces that are very powerful in this country who have access to a microphone, a metaphorical microphone that will broadcast to the America. You should be afraid because you're losing something. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I don't know if we'll be stuck with it forever. I mean, I, that's going farther than I would go because I just don't know. I mean, it's a weird country. Stuff happens. Barack Obama was elected president. I didn't see that coming. Donald Trump was like, but I didn't see that coming. Like, I mean, I didn't see any of this stuff coming, right? So, like, who the hell knows? I have no idea. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't look, but, like, you know, uh, that's the trend. You know, that's the trend. That's what, that's what it looks like. So what would it take to get America to change its health care system? Oh, man. I don't, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, this is, so I'll tell you what I think. I, I have, this is, I'm pitching my collaborators we're, we're doing, we're in the middle of season two of An Arm and a Leg right now. And so we're looking at like, what's season three? And um, I have this pitch. It is not elevator ready. It's not Ben Jurafsky ready probably. But, you know, a theme that I am thinking about a lot about is cavalry's not coming. So what are we going to do? Because I do think, you know, the way I describe it is like, even if you have President Sanders sworn in or President Warren sworn in, you know, January 2021. And and the House and Senate are both blue. And there's an unbelievable, overwhelming outpouring of political will. And single payer health care gets passed. Mm -hmm. Like in the first hundred days. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm just saying, like yeah. this is this is your this is your best case scenario, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. it's and you're and you're laughing, you're <laughs> laughing, 
There's I'm just, so many. There's so many. I mean, a lot just, of ifs. I just yeah, put a lot like, of ifs on the table first there, right? First of all, Blue said it. Just yeah. I thought of Mitch McConnell no longer running the show. I just know? put a lot. I just put a lot of ifs on the table there, mm-hmm. and you're and you're laughing, but like that's your best case scenario, right? Well, that's the first hundred days runs out like about like a little less than two years from now, and that is the absolute best case impossible scenario. Like. Yeah impossible scenario that's two years from now that's when you're passing legislation how long do you think that's going to take to implement a while yeah so you're talking about hanging on for that's years are a long time if you're the one who just found out that their medicine cost fifty thousand dollars a month yeah so cavalry's not coming i mean again like the scenario i'm laying out is the rosiest possible scenario it is so rosy that you ben jaravsky yeah are laughing at you <laughs> who like to lecture everybody about like the people want good things. Yeah. <laughs> where we live in a progressive nation, people, we just have to seize the power. Like that's you, yeah. And I'm making you laugh yeah. with that projection. That's actually not a bad imitation of me. I, you got to say, man. Yeah, all right, all right, <laughs> man. I'm, I'm working on it. But like, so you, you're laughing, and that's we're talking years, and and I have to tell you, look. Barack Obama was elected president. There were 60 Democratic votes in the Senate. Yeah. It was an overwhelmingly blue. And the ACA was the very best that that crew thought they could get. And it is 2019. And this week, federal appeals court is hearing and apparently weighing seriously the question of tossing out that law, which, by the way, is also there's there's a million little pushbacks, workarounds, right? That private interests are trying to kind of figure out. Again, this woman I talked to last night was like, oh yeah, so I went in for a well care visit, right? ACA says, the Obamacare says like, I know my law, I, I got this, this is free. And I on the way in, they're like, sign this. I was like, what's it say? They're like, oh, it says, if we do anything, no longer a wellness visit, we're gonna charge for whatever we wanna charge for, right? I mean, there's a there's all of that happening everywhere with this landmark legislation that we got that many of us were like half a loaf, better than none. And like, you know, that loaf keeps getting less than it's three eighths of a loaf. All right, whatever. And we are still here nine years later asking like, well, is it going to be here? Is that going to be here? So like if if all that happens, if my best case scenario happens, like is that do you think that do you think the fight's over? We're still fighting. We're still fighting the fucking civil war in this country. Oh, well, I'll, I'm going to take it further to show you how insane we are. Okay, and by the way, I'm going to just but before I further show you, you said something. I'm just going to slightly disagree with you. Right. This is the best they thought they could get. Uh, the the Obama people when they pass it. I think part of the problem is that there were people who were helping shape that legislation who had access to Barack Obama, maybe Barack Obama himself, who didn't want to, who viewed that, who liked that, who wanted the insurance companies involved in the... the, I I don't think it was like they said, you know... Really wish we could have that Bernie Sanders plan, uh, but we can't get it through, so we'll go with this plan. No, I think there were people who actually thought, I can't stand that Bernie Sanders plan. I'm looking out for my guys. Could be That's right. how government yeah. works. Could be right. But yeah. here, here's utter, it's even crazier than I thought. It, even crazier than I stated. But just listening to you triggered something. Not only do we have an insane system of healthcare in this country, which we all recognize as soon as we're in any kind of, if we don't recognize it now, we recognize it when we're face to face with a $13,000 deductible. So not only do we have an insane uh, system in our country, but there is one party 
that the party that runs the White House, the party that runs the Senate, the party that runs the Supreme Court, that's about to take the one shred of sanity that we have in our healthcare system and blow it up on the grounds that it's unconstitutional with their lawsuit, okay? I mean, they would like to, yeah. That's what they're doing. Donald Trump, there's a lawsuit challenging Obamacare on the grounds that it's now, they're arguing that it's unconstitutional. The Justice Department, which is the representation, the legal representation of the people of America, has said, we are not going to fight that lawsuit. Oh, they've they've done more than that. They've filed briefs uh, arguing the other side. So there's nobody protecting the one shred of flawed sanity. State, state, blue state attorney general. Blue state attorney, that's it. Kwame Raul and people like him. God <laughs> yeah. bless you. You know? And and so and the Republicans think this is a winning issue for them. In the the Republicans think you're, you're the political reporter, not me, man. Like I don't I I don't I don't get the math. there's you're getting you're in territory. I'm just like, where's I don't get the math. Yeah. I, I don't I don't I but the the, the logic again, we go back to those de- democratic yeah. debates. Yeah. So the Democrats are embracing they're calling for Medicare for all. They're calling for single payer. They're calling for universal. How can they possibly win? They're going to lose. I'm like, Dan, I don't know what to say. It's like we all recognize that like there's a lunatic in the room, and we're just going <laughs> to pretend that the lunatic doesn't exist there. And not only that, we're going to invite him to go into that room too. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know, but I but I do think you know the cavalry's not coming. That is for sure. <laughs> that is for sure. <laughs> yeah. So what do we? So what do we do? Like yeah, what do we? What do we what do? We do? Yeah. Um. And I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know. But I am looking. I was last week uh, in Goshen, Indiana. Yeah. Visiting a uh, a health clinic there. This is going to be the last episode of our season. Mm-hmm. Um. That I'd, I'd stopped by once before when I was on assignment there. Goshen that I it's it's an amazing little place and uh and I talked to the guy who runs it and there's limitations you know it can part part of it is they're dedicated to really knowing people Mm -hmm. you really know how you really can't really care for somebody if you don't really know them and uh and they do you know they're a federally qualified health center they work both largely with a lot of Medicaid patients most some people don't have any insurance at all because they're undocumented. They don't qualify for Medicaid. They don't have any income. They do amazing work. They can only be but so big, right? Because you can't be that intimate and be effective and run a small community if you're not, if you're big. Um, and that's their limitation. And you, and you can't just copy and paste what they do because they're super creative, right? And I'm talking to the guy, the founder, the medical director. And I'm like, so you can't copy and paste. He's like, no. I'm like, you know, but, but, but what you're doing is worth doing. I talked with the guy... It was like one of his uh, deputies. And the guy was like, look, you know, when James, like James runs this place and, you know, he can't, obviously no one lives forever. Um, he may, he may retire someday. And we would like to keep this place. We, we, we accept the idea that this place may not be open forever. We may not do this forever, but it's still worth doing. And I was like, hell yeah, man. And I said to James, I was like, look, I, the longer I do this, the more horrible, horrible stories I hear. And it, it's getting me down a little bit. 
And he was like, well, look, um, a long time ago, I went to this conference and there was a workshop on asset-based community development. This woman came out. She runs a uh, public housing group. And she's like, just if you remember one thing, it's this. Whatever you look for, it's going to multiply. And if you look for the things that are problems in your community, you'll definitely find them. They will multiply. And best case scenario, you'll create a bunch of little programs. And best case scenario, they're going to be great at addressing those individual problems. And your community will still be as fragmented and messed up as it was before. And if you look for the things that are, that show you signs of hope and transformation, you'll find them and they'll multiply. And this guy is, a, you know, he has religion. He said, um, you know, that's what my faith is about. I'm trying, that's the story I'm trying to live into and not the other one. I was like, hell yeah, man. Let's, let's do that. Let's do that. So that's part of my mission for the next few months as we look at season three is like, look for it. You know, what works? And you can't, without assuming you can hit copy and paste on it. Because yeah. I don't think you can. And I'm very suspicious. I mean, I also get emails from people like, I have a startup. I have the answer to all of it. <laughs> I'm like, I don't believe you. Yeah. I'm not returning your call. Yeah. Um, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, you know, I, but I do think that like, yeah, there's, and I have talked to people who are like really good at, at negotiating with providers. Like, let's spend some time with those people. Like there's things that we can learn yeah. and we should learn as much of it as we can. It sounds like uh, you're advocating in some form or another guerrilla warfare against this <laughs> monstrosity. Yes, right. Right, so yeah. uh, after the show, we're all going to run up to the hills and uh, get the little red book in, yeah, out of our pocket. Get yeah. the little red book. Uh, Dan Weissman is his name. Uh, the name of his show is uh, Arm and a Leg, and uh, he has turned himself into an expert on healthcare, and so when the show's over, I'm going to ask him about this ache I have in my back. <laughs> I asked you at the beginning how you were feeling. He <laughs> <I> did. <laughs> and uh, everybody's got a million jokes when they come on the Ben Jarofsky show. Anyway, Dan, thank you very much for uh, coming uh, by. I really appreciate it. And he doesn't know this, but after the show, I'm going to invite him to be a guest on the next First Tuesday with Mick Duffy and I. <laughs> We've decided we're going to talk about healthcare. Right. So we're going to drag him down. I'm going to make this guy work for us. <laughs> Uh, anyway, thank you very much, Dan. Thanks for having it. me. That's Dan Weissman. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.